Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we look at some of the latest stories to be posted to eSchool News and dive into the particulars of some interesting and surprising insights. First is an intriguing essay written by Joanna Smith-Griffin. She's the CEO and founder of All Here. Her piece is entitled, Three Ways Chatbots Can Support Mental Health in Schools. Now, at this point, we all have had our interactions with those little cartoon friends on websites when we're paying the water bill or looking to compare auto insurance policies. But could they act as school counselors too? That's the idea here. Joanna breaks down some pretty provocative arguments, including the benefits, the cost benefits, benefits to community culture, and digital equity aspects. She writes, mental health support has long been an underinvested part of the U.S. education system. A pre-pandemic study found that the student-to-counselor ratio was almost 500 to 1. This means that students who would benefit from access to a mental health professional or social worker instead end up caught in a punitive cycle of discipline. Now more than ever, we need to build systems that don't assume negative intent or disinterest and instead provide support for the whole child, starting with their mental health and well-being. A chatbot provides a unique opportunity to offer unbiased mental health outreach and support for communities that historically experience prejudice in our healthcare system. But what is it about the chatbots? She goes on, It turns out parents and students often don't want to talk directly to school administrators about mental health issues. Districts that use a chatbot to support health and wellness find that families are more willing to ask for support through those. Chatbots offer a non-confrontational, non-judgmental way for families to ask for support that could help grow the number of children that are actually getting help that they need. And as always, school district budgets play a factor. Here's another bit. For districts that can find trained workers to hire in the midst of a national staffing shortage, adding a few more staff members won't necessarily make up for the magnitude of need these days in our classrooms as we head into year three of an unprecedented global pandemic. While our school's mental health professionals are focused on the most critical cases, a chatbot can play an important role guiding families to resources, engaging their well-being and needs at scale. I'm not sure completely I'm sold on this, but there may be a there there. Give it a read yourself and and see what you think. Next, let me point you to a recent conversation with Dr. Christina Counts, Vice President of Education for MEAN Environments, Jairo Casco, who's principal at the Hogg New Tech Center, and Linda Brown. She's the Senior Director of Sales of Public Sector at Samsung. If you scroll through the webinar tab at eSchool News, look for the title, Three Classroom Tech Innovations and How to Secure Funding for Them. Throughout the hour, we touch on a number of different subjects, but this highlight pulls out some prognostication from Dr. Counts on what she is seeing when it comes to new learning spaces post-pandemic. Have a listen. They're going to go from learning in their home, from sofas, uh, couches, floors, you know, open spaces, uh, easy movement around. And now they're coming back to the classroom with lots of structure, traditional structure. So, and that's a difficult transition. Um, so that trend of that more modular learning environment, we're seeing that actually as well as the small group learning that Christina spoke about. Um, that need for that flexible classroom environment 
is heightened by the social emotional learning needs as well as students return back here in the fall. You know, and I'll throw out another example in a great case study. Um, there's a brand new school in Buckeye School District, the John McCain Elementary School that we've been working with. And, you know, they've, they've built out literally broke ground, uh, I think it was about a year and a half ago. They just opened and their classrooms are called learning studios. They have glass walls. They have flexible collaborative furniture. They have interactive flat panel displays. And the whole goal of the school is for kids to work together, the teachers to engage, the teachers to interact with those students. So student engagement is their top priority. So, you know, I think that trend, it, you know, it is a trend. It won't go backwards. It'll just evolve forward from net new builds to, um, you know, really building out and remodelizing current, current classrooms. And finally, there's an interesting piece written by Jamie McPherson from the Van Andel Education Institute on how to build creativity into math curricula. In the piece, she offers a number of strategies on how to make that happen, even during these crazy remote hybrid high stake testing teach to the test barriers that we have in front of us. I had a chance to talk to Jamie about her piece, which is in the top stories this week on East School News. Have a listen. Jamie, thanks for speaking with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get right into the weeds here. Math. We all know, as you say in the intro to your story, not the funnest of subjects, especially for this guy here who had an encore performance of calculus when he was in high school, summer school, not my forte. But you have some interesting ideas on how we can change those sort of perceptions. Talk a little bit. How did the Institute get involved in the idea of math and, and your particular interest in it? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I think, you know, you are not alone in that. Um, you you and I both and millions of others. And I think, you know, it's, it's a tough topic to uh, learn to love just because of how systemically we've taught it. And so I think that's kind of where the idea I know for me in school, one of my struggles was I'm a very creative thinker. And so I struggled with, uh, you know, attaching or wanting to learn and love math. Um, so as, a, as an institute, though, I think, you know, our, our focus is primarily in science, but more so inquiry based teaching and learning. And so, of course, math, um, there are there are lots of there's lots of potential there for us to do well with math in that regard. So I think that's kind of where we came up with this idea to originated with doing a webinar on it, um, because we know it's a, it was a hot topic, you know, and it continues to be. And so, you know, our goal there was to kind of give teachers uh, some strategies to help them with this really tough topic. Yeah, you talk at the, the strategies, some interesting provocative titles to that. Prioritize and promote play, incorporate creative problem solving, cultivate collaboration, and foster weirdness. Not not the sort of phrases that you would usually think about when it comes to math class, right? Can you go a little sure, deeper right. into those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, thinking to the idea of just being creative, right? And so we, tr we try, tried to be a little, you know, creative in those titles. But with that, I think, you know, the first thing I think that's really, really important and um, elementary teachers are really, really good at this. They, you know, they push play, they promote play. Um, we lose it as students get older and move through the grades. And so one thing in science, we call it messing about. But what that essentially is, is it's giving your students an opportunity to use the materials that are going to be used later. 
at the beginning, before the learning even happens. Um, this just gives them an opportunity to become familiar with what it is they're going to be doing and using. And then, you know, it builds that kind of background knowledge in a sense. So they have some sort of familiarity with it before we throw them their way with that intentional learning that's going to happen later. That's the importance of, you know, the, the concept of prioritizing and promoting play. And again, that ha should happen with even our 11th and 12th graders in high school should be doing that kind of work. Another thing, incorporating creative problem solving, you know, um, generally, I, I like this thought, that, and I think this frames it up well, you know, if we taught art the way we teach math, it would look kind of strange. If we were to hand all of our students in our art class a color by number and say, okay, here's your art project for the day, go fill it in, color, you know, color it in and turn it in. But essentially, that is how we've been, in a sense, teaching math. And we know there's a place for worksheets, but what we also want to get to eventually, and, when, and we are, we're definitely on a right path in a lot of ways, is opening up the, that learning opportunity to be something where questions are presented open-ended, where there's not just one right answer. And I think that uh, that's, and there's easy ways to do that, very practical ways to do that instead of uh, framing a question that, you know, as just the simple equation, ask for multiple ways. What are, what's another way to solve that problem? Just opening up with questions like that really gives kids who would be like you or I, who, who might think differently, um, another way and, and access in. And, and that's, I think, the struggle is math works well for those who think math-like. It doesn't for those who think creative creatively or outside of that, what we say is the way, is, is the right way to learn math, which has always been very analytical, right? So very li linear. And so when we can out, think outside of the box in that way and, and open the idea up to there's various ways to solve a problem. I think that's, you know, that's key. Another thing to kind of think about too is just working together, right? And so we know that when, when we release our students into that big world out there that's waiting for them and they're getting into these careers, we know that they're, these kids who are sitting in our elementary classrooms right now, they're going to be in jobs that don't exist right now. And that's crazy to think about, but it's a reality. So how do we build those uh, collaboration skills? How do we build those independent problem solving skills? How do we build all of that? Because that's what they're going to need when they you know, hit the ground running um, after graduation. So those are the things we were looking at when we were talking to thinking about math um, in a creative, in a creative kind of context. Yeah. Talk about the role of, of technology. Now, I know uh, that a lot of, there are a lot of software apps. There are a lot of websites. There's lots of curriculum, gaming curriculum that over the years has attempted to kind of bridge this gap that you're talking about between the kind of the boring perception of math, which with the, the interesting potentials of it. Talk a little bit about where you see technology playing a part. So I think technology is absolutely essential. And, you know, it's, it's, we're living in a very interesting world right now because, you know, we, for many of us, if not most of us, I would say, had to go to some sort of virtual world over the past couple of years with our students. So, you know, we've had to learn, learn technology. So we were forced into it. Um, and, and I believe that's, to me, feels like that's the way it's going to be from here on out. You know, some level of technology is going to be essential. So how do we use those tools that are out there um, to, you know, really amp up what we're doing in the classroom? I think there are a lot Lot of really great things out there. And again, it comes down to, you know, we need to teach our students life skills. And I do believe, uh, you know, a, a more recent life skill is going to be maneuvering technology. So it's absolutely essential, I believe. Yeah. And, and, and finally, you know, a lot of this, especially during this time of COVID and pandemic sounds, you know, maybe it's easier said than done, right? I mean, teachers are having a really tough time just getting connection and engagement with kids mm -hmm. at all. I mean, let alone even going into specific subjects. And you know, there's the other issue too of high stakes testing 
and that pressure to teach to the test, especially when you get to a certain point in the school year. Any suggestions on how to move those things forward that they're more working together? Yeah, I mean, I want to say teachers have it really hard right now. I mean, it's always been a difficult career, but they really, it's incredibly more difficult now. And so they're they're not generally given enough credit, I don't think. But I think in saying that, they do an enormous job. And I think there are while testing we know is essential, those high stakes tests are essential. My biggest advice would be to start small. And I think, you know, right now, it, one little thing you do is going to make a difference, you know, so, so not looking at all of the things that you have to do or wish to do, but really kind of focusing on one specific area or one specific thing. And then going from there, you know, it, it really is, um, it's not, you say it's day to day, but it's not anymore. It's really minute by minute. And so I think, you know, that's really important to think about in the context of the day. What's the one thing you're going to do today? That's great. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for your time and your insights. I think it's just a, it's a great article and it will give a lot of great ideas for educators and administrators out there. So thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan.